We have three players to watch in men's and women's SWAC basketball, and the SWAC and SEAC have updated their COVID protocols. Oh yeah, it's Locked On HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked On HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU Podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports Editor. What's going on, 2022? We recorded our first episode of the new year. I wish I could have recorded it on the first of the of the year so i could be like i'm your first listener of the year but either way i appreciate you for making us locked on hbcu your first listen of the day and today's episode is brought to us by sonos experience the game like never before with sonos arc the premium smart soundbar for tv movies music gaming and more visit sonos.com to learn more and this is fun guys because now we get to look ahead when i came into the podcast we were kind of reflecting and going on with what was happening right then and that's with football season. We were getting at the end of the football season, had the SWAC championship, had the celebration bowl, and had, I think, maybe a week, maybe two weeks of action before that. Now we get to look at it new because we're looking at basketball teams who have played a, a large non-conference schedule, and now they're going into conference play, and we get to look forward to it. So we have three players to watch. We're going to start off with the men's, then we're going to go to the women's, and then we're going to talk about the SWAC and SEAC updating their um, COVID protocols, and I want to know what you guys think about it because it's definitely two different, two different ways of thought, but they're both good in my opinion. But let's get into it. First player that I want to watch is MJ Randolph, fam, you guard, because he's a two-time Swag Player of the Week, and I really feel like he's expanded his game because he's second in steals, he's fifth in assists, and he's the leading scorer in the Swag. Not not these these stats that I'm giving, they aren't just, oh well, he he's second in his team and he's fit. No, these are swag standings that I'm giving out right now. And so when I say he's second in steals, fifth in assists, leading scores, second in field goal percentage, the guy is having a really strong start. And he's two time swag player of the week. So not only does he have the stats, he's already receiving that praise from the SWAC for being an exceptional player. And he came out that hot against Kansas State. Like, this is this is the first game of the year, and he's going, he's going against Kansas State. He drops 27. He drops 27, and he comes back the next game and has a double-double with 21 and 10. And that 10 was his high in assists. So he's expanding his game because he set a career high in points, assists, steals, all of them, because those aren't even the best ways to illustrate how his game's expanding, but I think that if you're just looking at it, oh, he's had more points than he's ever had. He had more assists. He's having a better year. But when I say expansion of the game, I mean just the mindset appears to be different when you're just looking at it. He appears to be more aggressive with the ball because let's look at his three-point shooting. I think his three-point shooting is probably one of the best ways to do it. There was a span at the end of the at the end of this year, I guess, you know, calendar year, I should say. He was taking three three-pointers a game 
boom, 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 like three, four games in a row, he was taking three three-pointers. He took six three-pointers all of last year. He only had one a game, at best. Never shot a second one. Sometimes he made it, sometimes he didn't. He ended up being two of six. His sophomore year, he was four of 24. He's already shot 24 threes this year. We haven't even got to conference play yet. But he's not just chunking them up from behind three first. You know, he's already made nine of them, right? So as opposed to four in his sophomore year. But that's not the only thing he's doing. When you also look at how many two-pointers he's putting up, just period shots. He's had 18 or more shots four times this year. That was his career high, and he's done it one time previously. And I'm leaving out the percentage purposely, not because he's not, you know, making them. I already said that he's second in a swack in field goal percentage. But those change. These won't. Now, we can look back later on and say, I wonder why he stopped being so assertive with the ball. Maybe. But then you can also use this to paint a picture of how drastically different this season is thus far as opposed to all the other seasons. Because we're comparing non-conference amounts, right? Amount of times he's shot, amount of times he's made threes, the amount of threes he's put up, all of those things. We're comparing the amount of these things in in basically half a year to the whole years in, 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 in seasons past. So completely different. This is concrete. I know that he's put up this many shots this many times. And it's clearly a different MJ Randolph. And it just seems to be different mentally because he was still just as efficient. But he just seems to be better. And you see him shooting better from three. So that's definitely a, a bonus for him. And somebody I think you should really watch in an early favorite for SWAT player of the year. Then you have Jawan Daniels who was the actual preseason player of the year. And I think a lot of this was centered around team success and him stepping up because there was a lot of turnover in men's basketball. And there's not a lot of first-team swag people who are still around, right? So you needed somebody to fill that hole, especially for player of the year. And they chose Jawan Daniels. Swag, swag coaches did this, right? So this isn't just some random guy saying, yeah, let's pick Jawan Daniels. But he has not, in my opinion, lived up to it thus far. And I have to make sure you say thus far because things can change. He's getting into conference play. You never know what's going to happen. But last year he was sixth in scoring, ninth in board, second in field goal percentage, eighth in three-pointers made per game. And he's still shooting the ball well, both field goal percentage and the amount of threes that he's making. But his scoring's taking a dip. His rebound's taking a dip. And I think the biggest problem with that isn't just that he's taking a dip because, I mean, All in all, it's about team success, right? But if we're talking about players individually, it's not even just the problem of him taking a dip. It's the fact that you weren't going to be able to stay stagnant and be player of the year. So I think that more than anybody else on this list, he has something to prove. And even when I get into the women's teams, right, and talking about their three players to look out for, they're not people who have something to prove, but I think Daniels does. He needs to showcase why he was thought of so highly and also help Pray if you continue their success because they've been really good for a while. And those things go hand in hand. And the last person that I want to mention is Sean Williams out of UAPB. And he's really different because he's a three-point specialist. And nobody else is like that. He's And all these other people are really efficient, right? You won't find Williams at the top of field goal percentage list because he mainly operates behind the arc. The, the marker of what is efficient is different for him. So he's shooting 32% from behind the, behind the arc. He's actually doing pretty good. But I want to put his, his stats into context because when I say he operates behind the arc, I mean that to the fullest. He's he's made 37 three-pointers. Only two players on his team have attempted more than 37 three-pointers. 
He's put up 103 shots from three. Only two players on his team have even put up that amount of shots, period, both twos and threes. He started every game. He's clearly the, the guy for them. And then also, when you're looking at how much offense he generates, clearly he's one of the best three-point guys in the SWAC. And in turn, that would make him one of the best three-point guys on his team, right? He generates the most amount of points on the team. He's clearly that guy. He's clearly the scorer of the team. But he also has the most assists by over 20. So not only is he scoring, he's facilitating as well. So when you really look at it, one of the most important people on that team, and cause he, he generates the offense, whether that's from facilitating or scoring himself. So he's definitely a guy that you have to watch going in. Jawan Daniels, MJ Randolph, my current favorite for Swag Player of the Year, and Sean Williams. We're going to get into some of the women that you have to be looking out for as the SWAT goes into SWAT play. But first, I want to tell you guys about Built Bar because Built Bar and getting you guys to eat those is still my number one New Year's resolution. I don't really do many of them, but this is one of the few resolutions that I have. I want to get you guys to try some Built Bars because I understand that sometimes eating healthy can be a drag. It's like, oh my gosh, I keep eating this and eating this. I don't want to. They're not tasty. Built Bar, don't you don't run into that dilemma. Because you're getting the best of both worlds. It's delicious, it's healthy, and you love it. You're getting all of these grams of protein without the, the carbs or sugar. And you would think you would get it by when you're eating it. It's like, man, this thing is covered in chocolate. It's absolutely delicious, but it's just not what you think it is. Throw them stashes away. Get rid of those candies. Get rid of those snacks that you know you don't need to be eating and get you some Built Bars. You're going to have the same taste. I emphasize this because I understand that taste can be the biggest deterrent from eating healthy. Built Bar is going to have you eating healthy while eating good. It's going to make you say, I could eat this not just for this eight weeks that I wanted to go on this diet, but I could eat this going forward, period. Go ahead and get you some Built, Built Bars and go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your offer. That's LOCK15 for 15% off your offer at Built.com. Alright, as we keep on rolling on today's episode of Locked On HBCU, thank you for making us your first listen of the day every day. And we just got done talking about the three players you need to watch for in men's swag basketball. Now let's talk about our ladies. Let's talk about our women's swag basketball teams and the three players that you need to look out for. And I don't think you can start with anybody other than Amisha Williams because she is dom domination personified. Because when you really look at it, I don't know what to say about her other than she's been phenomenal. But I will try to quantify just how phenomenal she's been, right? Because she was projected to be the preseason defensive player of the year. And she hasn't disappointed on that aspect, right? In only eight games, she's the top block artist in the SWAC. And that's leading it by a whole block per game. And she, there's people who have played more games than her. But nobody has more blocks than her. And that's impressive because... Most times when you have less games, you're just winning by average. No, she could not have another block for the next two games, and she would still be leading these people on block, blocks per average. So that's assuming, you know, they don't play nobody else and whatnot. But this is, a, this is a young lady who is much more than a defensive player. She's much more than that. That's been expected, right? She was preseason defensive player of the year. We expected her to be a dominant force defensively. But she's also leading the SWAC in rebounds and scoring. I don't think y'all hearing me. She's leading the SWAC in rebounds, 
scoring, and blocks. That's three out of the four major categories when you're talking about stats. She leads the swag in everything except for assists. And I think her leading those three categories says everything that you need to know about her season. But then again, you could have looked and saw that on swag.com, right? Or swag.org. You could go and you could check that out. I'm here to give you a little bit more on Locked on HBCU. Um, she's clearly a force in the paint, which is represented by those blocks and rebounds. But her ability to score is what's really huge to me. And she's been really efficient, ranking second in the field goal percentage. And if she continues this, she's setting up a path to be the player of the year and the defensive player of the year. And the crazy thing about it is I don't think anybody expected her to not be able to score. She's a really good player. That's that's that, that's that's understood. So we knew she'd be able to score, but leading the SWAC in scoring, if you lead the SWAC in scoring, you already have a head start on, on winning SWAC player of the year. That goes for men's and women's. Because, I mean, let's be honest, we're all biased to scoring. You put up a 40-point performance, you know, that's, that's a lot better than a, a eight-block performance or at least going to get a lot more headlines and talked about or a 10-block performance. So it, it's one of those things where we're all biased to scoring. I think she's well on her way to being a defensive player of the year and player of the year, period. But the person who was projected to be player of the year is her teammate, Deja Rogan. And, man, I don't want to make it sound like she a scrub. I sat there and I talked about, about Williams for a while. But Rogan is nothing to cough at. She's actually the defensive, the defending SWAC player of the year. And how did she do it last year? She has 17.8 points per game. She was sixth in field goal percentage, first in free throw percentage, second in three points made per game, and she was seventh in steals. So I spoke at length about Williams. Rogan has been going hard this year too. She's actually the, the Jackson State Athlete of the Week this week. So I don't want to make it seem like one's overshadowing the other. They're really on some Batman, Superman type of thing. Ain't no Batman and Robin here, none of that. They're standing right there toe-to-toe. She's actually third in scoring. Right now, she's third in the field goal percentage, seventh in steals, fifth in field goal, I mean, three-pointers made. So she's still doing all of those things that made her great, that made her the SWAC player of the year. And I'm not going to sit here and act like there is not a clear path for her to just up her scoring and be there. I told you guys, because now instead of, instead of leading three out of four, it's two out of four. You have the score. So I think that they, I'm not trying to put these these two teammates against each other. I'm just giving a little bit of context in the player of the year battle because they're projected to have player of the year and defensive year player of the year on the Jackson State team. It's just a matter of how they get it. And right now, these two look like the clear cut favorites. And that's why Jackson State is so good. Back to back SWAC champions. Um, that's why they are so good, because they have two players like Rogan and like Williams. If this was teams to watch out for. Jackson State would definitely be on the top of my list. So she raises her points up two, two per game. I really think that you can see this happening. She just has to raise it up again. 17. I told you guys, she was top one of the top players in the SWAT as far as points per contest. So those are the things that you got to look for. And the last person I want to talk about is Dariana Lewis out of Alabama A&M. And she came to Alabama A&M and lit it up. Newcomer of the year, first team all swag, and hasn't slowed down since. In her first year, she wasn't just topping the swag as far as field goal percentage. She was third in the nation. So she was one of the most efficient players, period, that you could find in women's basketball that year. 
and she's a defensive stalwart who is second in the league in blocks, second in rebounds right now. She is putting in work in the paint just like Williams. And honestly, she's standing 6'1". And like my guy Enzo Amore used to say, you can't teach that. 6'1 is one of the little things you cannot teach. She is an all-out beast on the team. And I think she's a big reason you need to watch out for Alabama A&M. is kind of a sleeper. I don't even know if you're really sleeping on them, but Dariana Lewis is a monster. She's an absolute monster. And we've talked about Jackson State because they have two players, but, you know, this woman, Lewis, the reason I even put her on the team or put her on these three players to watch out for is because she had back-to-back impact player of the weeks, December 15th, December 22nd. And this is, once again, just for clarification, you have SWAC player of the week and impact player of the week that the SWAC announces every single week for men's and women's basketball. And she earned that honor of impact player of the week back-to-back times. In the latter week, her performance helped lead Alabama A&M to an upset over Florida Atlantic. So she didn't get a third one to end off the year, but she couldn't. They didn't play. Who knows what would happen? That hot streak that she was on could have continued, but they had a game canceled. So she didn't get to play in a, in a game that would have applied to the, 29th, to the uh, week of the 29th. This woman has been absolutely balling. So I think that somebody you need to watch out for is Dariana Lewis and see if she can carry that hot streak that she had going into the end of 2021 into the 2022 SWAC conference schedule. And I've given you three women that you need to look out for during basketball season. But another thing that you guys need to look out for is the SWAC and SEAC COVID protocols. If your league doesn't have a COVID protocol, I'm shaking my head right now at you. I'm kind of judging you. I'm not going to lie to you. And I'm talking to you, Miyak. But um, <laughs> but anyway, I want to tell you guys about the new protocols that the SWAC and the SEAC have put out over the weekend because I think that this is exactly what you guys need to do. But first, let me tell you another thing that you guys need to do. You guys need to get the GetUpside app because they're going to help you get 25 cents off a gallon when you fill up. Yes. No more paying full price. Gas price is like 280 over here. And I'm in Texas, so it's lower than everywhere else. Make that 280 into 255. Make it good for yourself. And here's the thing. If you use the promo code SCORE, then you're going to get a bonus 25 cents off. So don't be asking me 21 questions. The power is right there in your hands. Go to GetUpside and use the promo code SCORE to get 50 cents off per gallon on your first fill up. No more paying full price. I'm done with that. If I use the promo code SCORE, I'm getting 50 cents off my gallon the first time I fill up. So those who drive a lot, they're making $200, $300 a month. And there is no catch. The cash back is going right back into your account. PayPal, e-gift card, it does not matter. Use the promo code SCORE and get 50 cents off your gallon. I know many men who could use 50 cents off a gallon. You get two gallons, that's a dollar back right there. And I know a lot of people have gas guzzlers. They're always there. Get 25 cents off permanently. And on the first time, if you use the promo code SCORE, get 50 cents off your gallon. All right, as we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked On HBCU, thank you for sticking with us today. And we're rolling, we're rolling, we're rolling, we're rolling, we're rolling. All right, because we're talking about SWAC and the SEAC and their COVID protocols. Last week I came on the show and I discussed North Carolina Central and their basketball team had to cancel some games because they had a COVID outbreak. And it's it's not really, I'm not going to say it's not their fault, but it happens, right? I also discussed the reasons that it happens. But here's the thing. It happens. And it hadn't touched conference play yet. But that's an emphasis on yet. 
because it was going to. It's almost an inevitable, right? And you need to have protocols in place so that when these outbreaks inevitably happen, you have something to lean on because that's what it is. So I think with the chance to be proactive rather than being reactive, the SEAC and the SWAC took that opportunity. And those conferences updated the COVID protocol. They said, this is what's going to happen in case of an outbreak, and that's what it's going to be. And as long as you stick to it, it's a little bit of structure. I was talking to my guy Chuck the other day, and I was talking about how structure is good. He wasn't saying structure is bad, but I was telling him how structure is good because it gives me something to go by. I know what it's going to be. We weren't talking about sports at all. And that if I told you what we're really talking about, that conversation has nothing to do with this. But the idea of structure giving you something, some sort of a guideline, that applies here, both in our conversation and this. But these conferences took two different, not completely different, but two different approaches. So let's look at both of them. The one way that they are similar is that if you have seven players and a coach, you must play no matter what. The SWAC says a team can play with less players. The SEAC didn't identify, you know, on, on their official website, they did not identify whether you could play with less players than seven. But the SWAC said you can play with less players than seven. I'm assuming that's limited to having five, unless you want one of them situations where years ago, I think it might have been Colin Sexton who was out there, and he was playing. Alabama didn't even have all their players out there because they had fouled out. They were playing with less than five. And I don't think you're trying to run into that, especially not for the whole game. But... And you probably see a lot of a lot of teams cancel if they only have five players. But in comparing the two, I do kind of want to look at the SEAC first because it's not much of a difference, but I think it's a slightly simpler policy. If there's a COVID outbreak in the SEAC, if there's a COVID outbreak, the game will be declared a no contest and it won't count. It just didn't happen. Not a win, not a loss, didn't happen. And at the end of the year, you just do win-loss percentage. You know, kind of thing, but I don't know if it's simpler because I don't know. If you're not a math guy, it might not be simpler. But overall, it's like COVID outbreak, game canceled, it's not happening. That's one that's another similarity, actually. They're both not really for rescheduling. So it's kind of a COVID outbreak happens, there's a finality to it. It's not gonna be postponed, it's not gonna be let's figure it out at the end of the year. That game is canceled, period. Not postponed, canceled. But with them, it's kind of like Okay, it's going to be a no contest. It did not happen. It's as if that game did not happen. So there's going to be teams who play more and less conference games than you. That's just going to happen. So that's something that you can look out for because you're just going to do a little bit of math. Now for the SWAC, some people say this is simpler. They're probably just not going to have to do math. Um, if in the, in the SWAC, if you have a COVID outbreak and it's on you, you forfeit, period. If me and you are playing, right? I'm talking to my listeners. If me and you are playing a one-on-one game that we have set up and I catch COVID, you win. That's basically what it means. I had to say I lose, I forfeit this game, you win. Now, if both teams have an outbreak, then you both get a loss. It's that simple. You get you have a COVID outbreak, you can't play, you lose. That's gonna be kind of weird to me, but it is what it is. Um, so every team is gonna have the same amount of conference games. That's the big difference. You're going to have the same amount of conference games if you're playing the SWAC. It's just going to be about you might have to forfeit the game. That's the big difference. And I think when you really look at it, it's the fundamental thought process of whether you deserve consequences and repercussions or not. That's it. In the SEAC, 
They say not really. You caught COVID, you had an outbreak, is what it is, game canceled. Doesn't matter. It didn't happen. In the SWAC, they say you caught COVID, you had an outbreak, you lose. You're going to get reprimanded for having this. And I don't know which one I like better. I would love to know what you guys think is better. Let's talk about it. You know, you can find me at South Exclusives on Twitter. Y'all hear it again before the show gets over. Y'all know y'all been on this ride for a minute. And I talked about how it hadn't touched conference play, play yet, but now it has. The SWAC has already had to cancel games, men's and women's basketball games. So it's hitting them now. It's hitting them now. They start conference play today. The MEAC starts Saturday. I expect the MEAC to have a protocol in place and announced. They, I'm sure they already have one in place, but I want it to be announced so it's clear to everybody, and mostly me so I can come on here and talk about it, but everybody. So they, are, they all know what's going on within the MEAC and what happens if a game happens to be canceled by COVID because it's easy to do, oh, we're going to have this protocol for that one and this one for that one. Look at the NFL. You look at games that they postponed two days back, but then you have games that they allow to keep going. Why is that? We don't know. We have no clue. Why is it that Saints and Dolphins had to play? Is it because Monday night? Maybe. I don't know. There was a big COVID outbreak. Why is it that the Rams have their game pushed back? Because they had the same, a, a similar amount. And I'm not, I'm not saying, look, go listen to my guy Ross, all right, if you want to check out the Saints stuff. If you want to check out Locked on Saints and hear about all of that, they just got a big dub. We just got a big dub. I ain't about to sit here and lie to you. I'm a Saints fan. And go check out my guy Ross for that. I'm just here to give you the HBCU stuff. But that analogy of basically not understanding why things happen leads to me or people like me questioning why you did the things you did. These protocols put in place because it has that structure, it has that guideline, and it's a clear understanding of you had a COVID outbreak in the SWAC, you forfeit. You had a COVID outbreak in the SEAC, game just got canceled. It's that simple. I'm not trying to be captious or pick anything apart, word of the day. I just feel like those plans are really good. The MEAC needs to pick one. That's all you need to do, pick one. I'm not trying to pick at anything and say, well, you're messing up here. No, you just need to have yourself a little bit of structure, a little bit of guidelines so that the teams, the players, and the fans all understand why you're doing the things you're doing because COVID is going to hit. It's very clear. I'm not trying to be, you know, all negative. I just feel like that's just a matter of fact. But I appreciate y'all going on this roll with me because y'all know I love it when y'all make Locked On HBC your first listen of the day. For your second listen of the day, you need to make sure that you're checking out Locked On Bets. It's free. It's going to make you money. That's my selling point now because it's just so simple to me. I can listen to something for free. I can listen to your boy Q. I can listen to Lee Sterling for free. And they're going to make me money. It's that simple. Go listen to it right now. And in the meantime, in between time, y'all can find me on that blue app, that bird. Yes, Twitter. At South Exclusives. Come talk to me until the next time we see each other, family. Take care. Stay blessed. Peace.